Welcome to Habs Unfiltered. This independent podcast is featured on the Hockey Writers and iHeartRadio, bringing you honest and unfiltered entertainment and discussion on the Montreal Canadiens and hockey news. Your hosts, Matt Smith, Treg Wilson, and Blaine Putney, are proud to be one of your trusted sources. If you are talking about it, so are we. Welcome to Habs Unfiltered. This independent podcast is featured on the Hockey Writers and iHeartRadio, bringing you honest and unfiltered entertainment and discussion on the Montreal Canadiens and hockey news. Your hosts, Matt Smith, Treg Wilson, and Blaine Putney, are proud to be one of your trusted sources. If you are talking about it, so are we. And welcome to Habs Unfiltered, episode 267, the post-draft episode. We are coming to you from McLean's Pub in Montreal, nursing hangovers and all. That's and true. Joined by, by a special friend, heterosexual life partner, Treg Wilson. Hi. Hi. Hi, everyone. Uh, it's a packed crowd here, so we got to yeah. speak up. There's a, um, you, can, you can count everybody yeah, on yeah, one yeah, hand. Yeah, yeah. There we got claps. See, see, mom, people do like us. Yeah. So, uh, just so everyone knows, come on down. We're here. You never know who's going to pop in. I mean, John Lou was here last night. Yes. Marty St. Louis was at the other bar, yeah. but he was around. You never know. Oh, and uh, Chicago's third round draft pick was here. Sam, yes, he was. Uh, sorry, Sam, I forget your last name, but he's from Moncton, so Matt would be happy. Yeah. Matt would be happy. So, oh yeah, that's Matt's guy all day long. All day long, he's from Moncton. So, and apparently they went to a special, special bar later. They did. did. They, they did. did. Yeah, so. We may or may not have suggested that bar. I'm not <laughs> sure. Uh, and to Matt, we, we know you're in Kuwait. We miss you, buddy. Wish not, you were here. Not really. No, just kidding. <laughs> all right. So this episode, we're it's Saturday. We're live streaming on YouTube right now. The show will come out. Uh, a little bit later in the day for our listeners on Spotify and Apple. But we're going to talk to you about the draft that happened this week here in Montreal, which is why we were here. Uh, we There's all kinds of stuff that happened. Trades, uh, GMs talking, one of them threw a paper airplane. I mean, it was it was wild. It was. It was. Uh, uh, we were fortunate enough to get seats close to the floor. Yeah. We saw a lot of the action. I don't know. Follow us on Twitter, but we were taking pictures anytime anyone talked to one each other. I did get the uh, I did get to ask Bill Guerin later about a uh, about why he was talking with Kyle Dubas and uh, he didn't like it. But anyway, I bought well, him because you let the secret out. I bought well the Cam Talbot trade. If that happens, you heard it here first. That's all I'm saying. I called it on the draft floor. Uh, anyway, uh, it's not Montreal news, but Bill Guerin was talking to Kyle Dubas on the draft floor. I made the tweet. I wonder if they're talking Cam Talbot. And then uh, and then we seen him at the bar last night, and I asked him, I said, so when's Cam Talbot going to the Leafs? And uh, You ruined it. I ruined it. Yeah. So that's what he told me. I ruined it. So so what, uh, we may as well just dive right into yep. the, the whole thing. Um, first overall pick, Canadians taking Slavkowski. We've been on the show talking about Shane Wright and how we felt that they would go that way, mm-hmm. but uh, it would seem that Kent Hughes has other ideas and seems to know a lot more than we do, oddly enough. Well, if you look at the makeup of the team going into the draft, the center is what they needed, but then if you watch the draft and you know exactly what happened that day, yeah, uh, we're going to get into that in a minute. Uh, they went with Slapasi. Either person you were picking was going to be a good player or a, a, a fairly good player so it doesn't really matter but i will say this grant mckag as crazy as that old man is I agree. Uh, <laughs> when it comes to the draft he knows what he's talking about and you can't deny that sometimes sometimes, sometimes. i mean he not everyone's perfect but uh he, he was on the philosophy train from the start 
you, you, you know, you may have had issues with the way he presented it, but uh, in the end, he uh, he was right. He knew what was happening. He said he'd fall into the yeah. top three, which made sense because New Jersey wasn't taking the center. But no, yeah. And for anyone who wants to get a, uh, a recruits draft guide, he's selling them for nine ninety nine right now at recruits.ca. Uh, they could be wonderful souvenirs for the first time the Canadians pick first overall in four years. Right. So, so with Slavkovsky, they seem to have gone with a certain draft plan. You see with Nazar, Beck, all the way down with everyone they pick, Hudson. They're looking for players that play a certain way. He's not do he's not throwing darts at the board, trying to just pick a bunch of people. Even though he did, they made nine picks. Nine of their uh, fourteen, they made more than I thought they made. They did make more than I expected, yeah. but there was a plan. They picked guys who uh, play with pace. They wanted some size added in. They got that. Slavkovsky definitely has that in spades. Uh, Beck, he's only he's six foot one ninety five, but he's going to keep growing a little bit more. So they got some size. They got. They all have skill. Everyone they pick has has some form of skill that they really want to uh, milk out of them, and they all play at a at high pace. And that seems to be what their plan was. Yeah, even the defensemen they got are high-paced defensemen that like to move the puck with a good transition. I think it's the transition game that they really went for with these guys. Uh, and I think now on the the post-presser with Kent Hughes, I mean, he mostly talked about Sapkowski, but uh, he said that he wants people that uh, uh, want to be a difference maker. And then uh, that's why they went with him. I'm pretty sure they had him in their dubbed as their pick for a while um yeah even though they said they really didn't know uh we'll get into why i think they said they really didn't know later but uh um yeah everyone they picked had has skill they have speed they have a good transition game um but they also have things that uh they need to work on and i think uh the haves are really getting into the development team with this and they're really going to work because everything they said is yeah, uh, we're going to work with this guy on this, and we're going to we want this guy to you know so they they know exactly what their uh, uh, what that is, and they know that they can fix it. And I think that's why they drafted who they draft. I mean, they got some pretty steals late. They got some really good players late in the draft. They were making home run swings. Yeah. So the uh, the Lane Hudson pick at the end of the yeah. the second round, he slid because he's small. Pretty, yeah. He's five foot eight, but the kid when the uh, playing with the U.S. national development team. He was maybe their best player on the ice every night, yeah. if not every night, almost every night. The only thing holding him back is that like he's five foot eight. Well, it's a different it's a different NHL. Like uh, yeah. you, you can be a small player and succeed. And uh, I mean, we have two of them. One coaches our team, and one plays on our team. That, that that's working for yeah. uh, St. Louis and Caulfield. Uh, so the days of let's get that big like there are uses for a big guy there are uses yeah. like don't get me wrong like uh but uh you don't really have to go if they have the speed and the skill to uh uh take over from this lack of skill then or sorry lack of size then uh then no most gms nowadays don't have an issue taken he'll he'll have a hard time defending against the larger more skilled opponents who, who will be able to take advantage of size but if they can work with them, develop them properly, nothing's uh, nothing's to stop him from being no, a second pairing power play kind of guy. Uh, you know what? As long as he's better than Victor Mete, I really don't care. It's impossible. Where's he at now, Victor Mete? Is he even in the league? Uh, I think he's a free agent. So he's not in the league. Not in the league. All right. So, talked a little bit about the draft picks. I want to go on to Vincent Cork, the third round pick. Out of the Ottawa from the Ottawa 67s, the winger, the Austrian. Oh, uh, you say his name, Blaine. You're making Vincent Rohrer. Yeah, you want me to say his name because you know yes. I can't say it. Yes, Vincent Rohrer. 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 <laughs> but no, this is another guy who plays with pace, but he's very, very strong defensively. He may not have that offensive skill translate to the NHL, but this is. It's kind of a safe pick in that he's very strong on the defensive side. He may get out muscled from time to time, but he's very good positionally. And he does keep up 
playing at a high pace. He's an excellent skater. His edge work is great, and he's good on the transition. Like I said, they drafted for transition exactly. because Montreal's biggest weakest weakest, weakest weakness is tra- their transition game, uh, and it has it has been for the entire time years. under Bergeron. Yeah. Really, think about it. A few years. Uh, so they they went with that. Now you're right; it wasn't just throwing darts at a dartboard. They had a concise. They had a plan. They knew yes. the exact type of players they wanted. Didn't matter what position they were. Uh, and they covered all their bases. They got wingers, they got centers, they got defensemen. Um, again, I didn't think they'd have that many picks. I thought uh, they, they went with, what, nine? Nine picks? Nine out of the 14. But I thought they'd have seven or less. I thought they'd trade out. I thought the second day would be a little bit busier in the trade market than it was. Well, they were they worked the tables, and they were talking to yeah. pretty much everybody, but it just seemed that just couldn't get a deal done. Well, they had a long conversation with Ron Hextall. We watched that right in front of us. Yeah. Kent Hughes did. There was a handshake uh, there. There was a handshake. I will it. say all Hextall's last word was okay. okay. Whether he was saying, do you want a hot dog? And he was like, yeah, okay. Or yeah. or do you want Kerry Price's contract? <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking more Jeff Petrie. Okay. Uh, but uh, – uh, we'll see. I asked Bill Guerin last night if he would take Jeff Petrie off our hands, and he did not say okay. He didn't say no. I he didn't say no. He just said, he "Just said, hey, I'm drinking here." Yeah, he just said it. You know, I even bought him a beer, so I, I'm trying here. I'm trying, trying, I'm trying. I'm trying. Um, but there was a lot of chat. I mean, like I said, Dubis and Guerin were talking. Uh, Hughes was on the phone almost the entire draft. Yeah. Uh, so uh, there's a lot of interest. I know there's a lot of interest in Anderson. Anderson would fit well in Pittsburgh, especially if they're going to lose Malkin. So, uh, and with the Latang contract, the Malkin thing seems a little bit more realistic. Yes. Malkin, so, uh, he's not sure he's going to have that contract now. Well, I mean, I mean, I'm not going to get into the Latang contract. I think it was too long and high for that. That's on Pittsburgh. It's, down, it's kind of like a Bergman contract, but anyway. <laughs> uh, so I, I just think uh, there's a lot of chatter. Hughes was on his phone the entire time. There's a few times where they're all standing up, looking at stuff and talking about things. I think going into this free agent next week, there's going to be there's going to be some movement. Yeah, well, uh, just like every other year, the discussion on the draft board tends to set up the following weeks. Correct. Yeah, and with uh, free agency kicking off in uh, about seven days on the 13th of July, uh, I, I expect to see a bunch of movement. After that point, when the top players of the UFA start falling off, yeah. that's when you're going to see the move. Once a team misses on their primary on, the, on their primary target, um, and then you see that every year. Yeah. Um, I you also, I mean, we're going to get into it a little later, but an example of something that starts before and ends up here. Yeah. There's a, uh, you'll see that later, and you'll see. Which will explain a lot of things that happened on day one of the uh, of the NHL draft. But back to the draft itself, the uh, there was a lot of overagers picked in this one because with the lost seasons due to COVID, there was a lot uh, there was less viewings of these young guys. Yeah, and they in the later rounds, the GMs were leaning towards people that they had more viewings of that they feel could provide something at least at the minor level. Well, a lot of these overagers, you can get them right into the Laval or uh, yeah. or Trois Rivieres. So, uh, so in this case, I'm thinking uh, Jared Davidson, the player that they picked from Seattle. He's 20 years old. He's a center. Yeah. Uh, he's he's capable of walking into Laval next year. Yeah. Uh, he led Seattle in goals, points. Uh, he carried that team to the WHL final where they lost to the Oil Kings. But. They were a highly competitive team, and he was one of the driving forces. So picking him up in the later rounds, you know, a solid two-way center who has a bit of a scoring touch, maybe he's a late bloomer, or at the very least, Laval gets uh, a pretty good centerman to help them along. Yeah, I think he was drafted purely to throw him right into the AHL, and if he struggles there, you can just go to the EC. Uh... ECHL, not the East Coast Hockey League. It's not called that anymore. It's just ECHL. You're, you're welcome, Andrew. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so I mean, but you, I think you got to. I think they, 
get a steal of a pick there. Montreal, I think, got a few steals late in the draft that uh, could turn out to be... They could be steals. I, they I could, think they were wow. taking home run swings. They're either going to be a steal or they're they're not. I mean, you can say that about any draft yeah. guy, though, but uh, um, I, there are some really nice-looking prospects that went late in the draft that they took, they took a gamble on. I guess it wasn't much of a gamble where they picked them, but... Uh, that they uh, they picked and picked up Montreal. I mean, if if you think about it, if you have guys like Joshua Law that works out, when I see works out, I mean like a solid third line center with a second line. Potential. But that's a fifth round pick that that's, hands that's, up. That's what I'm saying, yeah. right? Like if you get guys like he works out, maybe Arbor Jack I, and uh, we can get into a conversation I had yesterday about that too. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I mean, then you have your Caden Gooley, your Harris, your Norlander, like. There is so much potential coming probably through Laval next year. I mean, Laval's going to be a hell of a team. They are. <laughs> but it could be hard for uh, uh, Davidson to get on Laval if there's a lot of those players who are going to be there. But Claudia got on these players too. Correct, correct. And he's playing in a pro league. He's playing with men. He's playing in a pro league. He's not playing in the, in the, in the, in the uh, Canadian Hockey League. And you look at the list of under-23 talent that the Canadians have. Jack, I like you mentioned, yeah. Slavkowski, who was just drafted yesterday, uh, this week. Suzuki, Heineman, Kidney, Riley Kidney out of Halifax. Yeah. Hi, Riley. Uh, I'm telling you, if you were down here, you would see all these people. That's right. Um, um, Yelonen, Barron, another Halifax kid, got a boy. But there's the, it's a long, long list. And... <laughs> No one, no one has accused us of being professional. No, and uh, there's no. a reason. Yeah, I told you to use more tape. I used almost all the tape. All right, my side hasn't fell. You, you vamp. I'll put it back. Up. My side has not fallen. <laughs> all right, where where are we going with this? You're going all these twenty three unders that we have, and that they've added to the list. Uh, oh, and look for getting their uh, their other first round picks, the other Slovakian, Mara. Yeah. So Blaine got it. Look at that. See, heck on the spot. Yeah. No, you're talking about Philip Massar. Massar. Yeah. yeah. Mara. That's what I said. He said Mara. Who is uh, of course he's best friend. Yes, at, growing up, growing up, and yeah. and, and, and uh, they played together since they were young kids. There's a picture I think uh, someone put on Sports Snap put on of them when they were twelve. Yes, or nine or something. And. Um, the Canadians Twitch channel that um, that that they they were recording a tour in the dressing yeah. room and, and Slavkovsky got to see his friend Masar get well, he picked. heard it he heard it he, he heard, heard his, his name, name and then he he lost his shit he mm. he got so excited so now yeah. he's got his his childhood best friend who's joining him in Montreal for the foreseeable future yeah so good for him that's good yeah. and and. I'll be honest. I don't know much about Mazar, but uh, well, you're you're the draft, you're the prospect draft guy. I'm not. You're a terrible taper. Uh... <laughs> so, yeah, so sponsors, uh... no name hockey, boxing rock breweries, Sea Giant. I apologize. The banner fell again. Lift off. Yeah, but that one didn't fall. No, because it's not about chess. It's, it's going to fall in about 10 years. Do you want me to do that? You want to do it? Do it. Don't tease me. You guys teased me all last night, so. <laughs> no, I mean, don't tease me and say you're going to do it or not. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. No, I'm just, I'm teasing you. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Okay. So, anyway, so I'm sorry. This kid has a great shot. He's an excellent skater. Unbelievable talent on the transition game. And he's a very good compliment to Slavkovsky on their power play. Playing on the Slovakian team, Nassar was on the opposite wing during the power play, and he was just nailing one-timers that were being fed from Slavkovsky and vice versa. So they have a chemistry, clearly, because they've been friends all their lives. Correct. So it's it's good they draft. I mean... I don't see Masar making the uh, halves next year. Or no, no, he, might, but uh, I think out of this group, Slavkovsky is really the only one that has a chance of making the yes, team right away. Yes. The rest are two, three, four year 
Correct. And and that's, and if you listen to Hughes in his interviews and you listen to him, he's always said we're not looking for guys right now. That's right. They want so, the best player five years down the line. Right. Correct. And with with the new hire Adam Nicholas in charge of the development plan, and with an, an actual analytics department who will feed information to the uh, to these groups, they actually have a development plan in place now. Something that the last regime. Uh, as as much as I like to give them credit for what they did do, they had deficiencies in that. Yeah. They were very old school, and you show up, stay, stay. You I'm gonna you show my butt. So you got to step up. You've got to. So you got to step up, and you got to play in uh, the fourth line. Work your way up to the third line. You got to be. You got to prove yourself. Whereas in this case. They're going to use analytics and they're going to start placing the players into the roles that they were drafted for and let them develop in that man. Sorry. I mean, show them to everyone. Well, you've been working out, so why not? Yeah, a little bit. Um, yeah. So going back to, because I lost my whole train of thought, but you're, you're absolutely right. They're, uh, you know, Slavosky. May or may not be in the NHL next year. I'm, I'm, I'm assuming he will be. I'm going to go with he will be. But uh, the others, they're, some might surprise. So what we're going to look at now next year, I don't know if you want to get into this now. We could later, but it'll be up to you. Whatever you want. Yeah, to we'll get into that right. after. We're going to stick with the draft and what happened right. at the draft. So okay. we've been talking about the prospects. Um, and in some of the episodes leading up to the draft, we talked about the Canadians possibly trading up. Right. And they took some heat for not trading up, but they did. Haha, it's your fault now. And don't worry, no. Just... Yeah. Well, Martin Lapointe said they tried to trade up, and, and uh, they did. And they they did traded up. Up. Well, the, to they, get the 13th pick. They did. They, they, yeah, just take that down. Yeah, we're good. We're good. See, the claims are still there, buddy. Yeah. Anyway, uh, they did trade up, got the 13th pick, and then they took that 13th pick. And flipped it for a six foot four, two hundred pound centerman who was drafted third overall in 2019. 2019. So and they got Kirby Doc. Now, this goes back to what I was saying how things start one day, but they don't materialize till uh, the talks apparently talks between them and Chicago were going on for a couple of weeks. As soon as Doc kind of came up on the market, uh, but Chicago wanted a high first round pick. Which Montreal was not giving up their no, and they didn't want the twenty six. No. So according to Hughes, he tried to get the thirteenth pick, or he tried to get Doc without giving up a player, uh, but he just couldn't do it. And sometimes, and then so to get the thirteenth pick, he had to trade with the Islanders or get a high pick. I'm assuming he talked to a few teams. Yeah, uh, but at the, the end, it was with the Islanders. It was with the Islanders and uh, fan favorite and good solid. Top four defenseman, or will be uh, Alexander Romanov, had traded to the Islanders. Um, then that pick was flipped immediately because that trade was already in the books uh, to Chicago. And I would assume Chicago said they wanted, you know, fifteen or lower or higher. I- I'm assuming. Yeah, they wanted they range. wanted a higher first round pick. They right. wanted some maybe a second or third something up. Yeah. For whatever reason, Chicago has decided to do a full rebuild, and by doing that, and okay. while doing it, they're keeping Taze and Kane while trading away to Brinkat and Doc. Well, I mean, Doc's only twenty-one years old, so uh, just turn. You know, everyone builds their team on thirty-year-olds, of course. But uh, so I don't know. I don't know what their strategy is. I mean, DeBrin, I think, is a pure money thing. But uh, well, it worked out. And Kirby Doc's an RFA, so much you're still going to have to sign him. Yeah. Uh, but that's another thing is so was Romanov. So now the money they were putting aside to sign Romanov, they're just going to put aside to sign. They just shifted. And losing Romanov does kind of hurt. But at the same time, his trade was – it made it possible to trade him because they have Gooley, Harris, Norlander. Uh, Dalaline Struble. Struble, yeah, possibly Struble, who was in who was in the building during the draft, and it wasn't because he was talking with Montreal; it's because his teammate Jack Hughes was there to the draft. Right, the son of Ken Hughes, yes, who was kidnapped by, by 
Mark Bergevin and stolen to L.A. He's like, take my job, will you, Hughes? I'm taking your son. And yeah. no, Bergevin, I was talking to him, and he did not uh, want to arm wrestle me. No, he, he ignored you completely. He didn't ignore Again. me completely. Not this time. He didn't run away. No, he just gave you the cold shoulder. And he yeah. said hi. <laughs> I don't remember him seeing him. <laughs> he, looked deep, he looked deeply into my eyes. Sure. Or was that Al McInnes? That was Al McInnes. <laughs> um, no, it, back to the Romanov trade. The Islanders are they're getting themselves good young defensemen. It's the offensive upside for him yes. that was kind of missing, yeah. which made him, in a sense, expendable for that top six young centerman <clears throat> that the Canadians have always been looking for. And, and you, as you know, you just cannot trade for big young centers. Well, you can't uh, get a big winger and then trade for a big young center within at minutes the, at the same time. Within minutes, Mark Bergevin said that, and we believed him until today, till this this draft. And again, Kent, you said, "Hold my beer, Mark. I'm doing both." So well, within five minutes, you got a six four, six four ringer and a six four defenseman within five minutes, literally within five minutes. Yeah. So the top six for the Canadians just became much larger, and more complete, more skillful. And although they're not saying the word rebuild, as John Lou pointed to last night when we were talking to them, there's a reason for that because they believe, and I believe, and I'm not putting words into John's mouth, but the sense is is that this is not going to be a very long No, they're 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 clearly making moves to hasten whatever plan it is they have in place. Picking up uh, prospects when they're making trades, like uh, when they traded uh, to Foley to Calgary. Yes, they got that first round pick, but they also got Emil Heineman, right. who was two years post draft. And they wanted people that are close to being in each other. That's right. If they make these. So they want those young players available because yeah. they, they wanted to stagger the entry of some of these guys because yeah. there's so many prospects. But that's what they've done. They, and they use some of that draft capital plus a young player. To pick up another young player, and now you might go back and go to look the site I never use, Hockey DB, or I like to use Hockey Reference personally. But uh, or any of those sites, look at Doc's numbers and go, "What the hell, this guy?" But he had a bad wrist injury. Uh, yeah, if anyone remembers the uh, the warm up game to the twenty twenty one World Junior Championships, he took a cross check in the wrist during a during a game against the Russians, and it was a dislocated fracture yeah. of the wrist so that's it's a massive injury so you can't uh i'm not saying you can't blame him but uh well he was rushed back yeah it takes a while to rush back so i uh, look at i mean look at uh jonathan drulian he's still yeah having issues with his wrist but uh you know i think kirby doc's gonna be a good pickup i think he's gonna be a good number two center to compliment suzuki uh i think everyone's gonna be very uh, i mean the roof went off the building when they announced oh. the trade. Well, when they announced Romanov was traded, it didn't go off the building. It was a very... There's the gasp. In the... Yeah, and then and then when they said they flipped that and got docked, the roof just exploded. So... Uh... And before that happened, Batman trolled the entire crowd. <laughs> when he got up to the podium, they booed, but it was just a smattering of boos. Yeah. They, they weren't that loud. I mean, I know you, you must have been booing. Yeah, yeah, I know I was. It's I did not. I didn't boo it. It is tradition. Anyway, he uh he saw oh, the energy is kind of low here. And as soon as he did that, he he got the, the proper response. And then he got he goes, There's two trades to announce. And then, and then they all... booed and booed and booed. And then he says they both involved Montreal, and then everyone went electric. Oh yeah. There was a silence. He, he made the first yeah. one, the gas, and then, then the second one and so uh, I think the fans are happy. And I will say this, um, from my perspective, there weren't that many boos for Slavovsky from what I heard. There were some. Now, from the press gallery, again, uh, John mentioned that, yeah, he heard some smattering of because you got the fans on both sides. Um, I don't agree to that because you're kind of booing someone for doing something and not of his own. Uh, yeah, yeah, He didn't, you know, I'm sorry. He was good enough to be picked first and not the guy you wanted. I mean... He, he got booed on his entry into the building, too, along with yeah. the carpet. Like, why? I don't, <laughs> I don't get it. I don't understand. I mean, if you're going to boo, uh, whether it's a kid or not, it, like, 
It's not his choice. It's out of his hands. So anyway, five years from now, if you don't like the pick, then you can say something about it because we'll know five years from now. Well, we've pick. been very vocal here on the show and about, online that we felt like that Shane Wright, Wright was, was going to be the pick, but they went a different route. That doesn't mean we hate Slikowski. Correct. But I mean, we thought he was going to, we didn't think Wright was going to be picked because he was better than Slikowski. I think he has better, some better attribute, but he's a center. He's got a, he's got a higher floor, but a lower ceiling. Correct. Um, but we thought that uh, they needed the center and they, that's, yeah. that's why they went with them. But they did get their center. They just did it in a different way. So really when it works out, when you know that he's getting docked, then Slikowski's a perfect pick. Because you got your winger and your center, and he had that in pl- that I uh, that plan in place basically for two weeks. Yeah, and now if they could have traded up and got yeah Miracek or Nemec, you would have been laughing. Yeah, they and they did try. They did try to trade up. I don't think they would have got either of those. I think they would have got a top fifteen pick or something. But, but they tried. Uh, they tried. Point confirmed that in the post draft press conference. But I don't think they wanted to give up any more players. So that's why I think I think they wanted to do it with just draft things. Yes. Yeah. Um. So. Hughes did promise a show at the draft and picking Slipkowski, making those two trades back to back really made the splash. And that, that kind of sets a tone for day one. I mean, it dragged on for about 17 hours by the end of it. <laughs> Rounds two to seven went quicker than uh, round one. Yeah. 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 But, but they, they, they came out as the big winners in the, in the day. In the day, five years from now, maybe different, but right now it looks like what they did over those two days uh, is going to lay a pretty good foundwork, yes. groundwork, a good foundation. And add that to what Bergevin did over the last couple drafts. You have to admit, all these players are going to start coming into Laval and Montreal now are actually Mark Bergevin's draft picks. So, and Tim Timmons, so, or Trevor Timmons. So, yeah. Uh, so uh, you can bash them all you want. However, they're going to have a heavy hand in the future of this, future team. Of this team. Yep. Uh, uh, you know, uh, the legacy of this team, with all these, unless Hughes decides to trade every single one of them, which he won't, no. uh, it's going to, it's going to, you know, it's part of Bergevin and tendency, and he can't take that away from him. Now, during the first day, for the first pick, there was an interesting little tidbit there. Nick Suzuki is up on the stage. Correct. Now, we were talking about this at the moment when we saw him at the draft table. And that is what team captains do. So I fully expect him to be announced come training camp. So they say the team captain's always on the stage at draft day. Yeah. And Vincent LeCavier was there. So I'm pretty sure that uh, LeCavier is going to be the next team captain. Oh, we got visitors. So, oh, oh, we got more people. Happy more hour. people. The happy hour is here. Dave and Beth. Hello, all ladies and gentlemen. The five of our listeners, all five of our listeners are here now. So, uh, good work, <laughs> so, um, so Lecavier is the captain. Lecavier is the captain. Yes. It took it, it took what twenty some odd years, but uh, he's finally he's finally, he's finally Montreal Canadian. He's going to be wearing a suit. Yeah. So he's finally the captain. No, it's it's going to be next to He's the he's staying in Montreal. He's staying in Montreal. He he's doing all the 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 press junkets. He's doing all the the, the appearances, and then he's on stage for what may become one of the most pivotal draft picks for the Canadians for the next twenty years. And he seemed very happy with the pick. Yeah, for some reason, I don't know. Yeah, so maybe it's just because he was towering above <laughs> Sokasi towers above everybody, except for Lacalvia, even though like, they're, they're almost a, eye to eye, though. Yeah, Lacalvia's a big dude. Sokasi got that Ivan Brocko look. He's yeah. kind of like skate up to a guy and be like, I will break you. <laughs> but he'll do it with a smile. Yes, that's true. Yeah. That's true. And that's what matters. He's he's happy when he does it. <laughs> Romanov did it with a smile, too. Every time. And I mean, and we'll talk about Romanov later about uh, what's going on. Who could replace him or whatever, because I have. Really? Well, yeah, but I think it's going to be, the start's going to be maybe a mixture of a couple people. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, uh, I mean, we can get into that now if you want to go in and just want to stay with the draft or what do you want? Um, yeah, I want to stay with the draft. We'll talk about right. Romanov in a minute. I want to talk about 
the Shane Wright death stare, which was absolutely beautiful. I thought it was beautiful, but I thought it was a bit immature. Oh, yeah, no. Like two other teens passed on you, too. I didn't even see a staring down their tables. Uh, the face he was making every time a team made a pick, and it wasn't him. I, I will say this. I will. He did congratulate Slavowski, and he did say, you deserve it. Yep. You know what I mean? So he was very cordial to, to uh, Slavkowski. Um But he also made it known he wanted to be the number one pick. He made it known that he thought he deserves a number one pick. Uh, if if you know the New Jersey Devils, you knew he wasn't going to them because they don't need a center. So so you knew if he didn't get one, he wasn't getting two. It was like watching um, the movie. Uh, like, it's like watching the movie Draft Day. Yes. Bo Callahan dropped. Yeah. yeah. And no one understood why. And it was all because of who they picked first. That's right. But. Uh, but he didn't trade up for number seven to pick the guy he wanted in the first place. <laughs> but uh, it it was in, like I mean the camera I I didn't see it till later because you couldn't see it on the draft when where we were on the draft yeah. floor. But the camera he did have that look on his face like wait a minute here and, not once but twice why 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 and then when Logan Cooley got drafted he was kind of but uh, you can look at it two ways you can look at it good for him he's a guy that wants to you know he's you know. How dare you? I worked hard for that. I'm going to whatever. He's or very passionate. very passionate. Or you can look at it like I did. And I think that was quite immature. Like Almost like it was ent- he felt entitled. Correct. Now, Slavogoski said before the draft in interviews that he didn't care where he got drafted. Right? He just wanted to prove to everyone he was going to be the best draft pick in the draft. And to me, that says, listen, I'll, I'll be happy with whatever team takes me. Wherever I get drafted, it's not about where I'm drafted. It's about how who I am as a player and how good I. Am. And to me, that's uh, I'd rather have someone like that. And nothing against Shane Wright. I don't think Shane Wright's an evil. No, and he's going to be a whatever. very good player for Seattle. That, he's going to be a very good player for Seattle. But I, I, I think maybe, maybe that had a bit to play in uh, Montreal's decision. Well, I mean that happened after, so they probably saw something in him that he confirmed. Yeah. And that death stare he gave after beating uh, not after once twice well, twice he stopped the death stare so they could take a uh, take his draft picture and then he stared them down again. Yeah. Maybe once just do that. No, like why even bother? I don't. Ah, I don't. Like I didn't see him stare down New Jersey or uh, Arizona. No, no. And what was the one thing he was mentioned was the main characteristic. That they were going to be looking for in the first overall pick once they won the lotteries character character yeah. so all the meetings with these guys they they saw something in Slavkowski that they did not see in Sharon and that that and they knew they're and they knew they were getting Kirby Doc so like we don't really need yeah. Shane right anymore yeah. it's so. not a it's not a pivotal need yeah so you know we need we need that big winger but we'll see they the Going to be lots going on in Havland in the next few weeks. Now, you want to talk about Romanov. Well, it's not so much about Romanov I want to talk about. So, Romanov is now good one, and I hate to see and you him guys go. can come in and talk too if you want. Yeah, yeah. Beth and Dave and Jenny and Danielle and uh, Natalie and, and all our, the other people that are here. And, our, and the serving staff, the bartender. The serving staff, the bartender. Uh, the, the guy who lives here. Marty St. Louis just left, so he was like, I can't uh, talk to you guys anymore. So as soon as we walked in, he went, yeah. and then yeah, went. yeah, yeah. Not these guys again. Bill Garrett's afraid I'm gonna ask him more questions about who he's trading. <laughs> so uh gave a few more beers last night. <laughs> I did buy him a beer. And it's a good it's thing a- I wrote down that name for I Minnesota. Don't. So I'll share that with you at Dave Auger from yeah. Hab Yars having himself yeah. a moment. Dave Auger. Hab's unfiltered <laughs> broke him. <laughs> it tends to do that. It does. It yeah, does. three yeah. straight things of Hab's unfiltered will do that for you. Yeah. Uh, so back to, so on my way to the rink to see day two. Yes. I, I bumped into Hamilton, I believe he's assistant GM. Steve Stales. Yes. Uh, so that's the uh, Hamilton Bulldogs, who, as we all know, uh, last year had uh, Jack Eye and, and uh, Misha, Misha. Misha. Uh, and went to the uh, and went to the uh, Memorial, Memorial Cup, Cup. Went to the final. Yep. They 
unfortunately lost. But um, because for some reason, like Quebec League is destroying every other league. <laughs> of course, they did play last year. But anyway, uh, and he mentioned to me that uh, he believes that Jack I has a great opportunity here to make the Canadians. Um, we'll get into whether we think that's whatever in a minute. So we were talking quite frankly, and he said Jack I has everything Romanov has, except maybe he's a little bit less offensive. Yeah, and uh, he doesn't have the speed. And that's what's going to hold him back a little bit. Once he needs to get used to the speed of the game before he can really step in. Yeah. But you, with, with Jack Eye, you're going to get a guy with grit, a guy who can hit, a guy who, once you're, if your goalie gets hit, he is not going to stand around and look. He's going to take that guy out. And uh, his maturity went up. I know he suspended a couple times, but we talked about that. Stale said, this, actually, you might see Stale might come on the show in the future, but. Uh, he said his maturity went way after he listens. He's not one of those guys that, you know, he goes out there and does whatever you need him to do. Um, and he, he he doesn't, he plays mean, not not just physical, but mean. Yeah, he's, he's like a throwback to a big 90s defenseman. Yes. Uh, with a little bit more skill than, say, that big 90s defenseman. We're hoping. We're hoping. Um, so we can see why Bergerman picked him. Uh, but uh, hopefully he can add. I mean, I, I personally think Caden Gooley is going to be the guy that's going to slowly replace Romanov. Uh, but and you're not going to have the two of them on the team at the same time, so it'll be interesting to see. I mean, we can get into that later too. It's going to be interesting yeah. to see what's going to happen there. We can do that for sure. Yeah, that's uh, that's a whole other show. Yeah. What? Uh, but now that the draft is done, we've talked about the players. We've talked a little bit about the trade. There was a lot of talk on the draft board that I think is setting up for the free agency period that's coming. Now, we mentioned it early in the show that things are going to open up as soon as the uh, the first free agents start to sign and teams lose out on the guy they want, calls are going to start coming in. Now, there were specific, with Hughes, he had specific long conversations with Pittsburgh, with Dallas, St. Louis and Minnesota. So we're not sure what he's getting set up or what he's trying to queue up, but just like with the doc trade that he had on the, on the burner for a couple of weeks, he's playing, he's playing a game somewhere. Well, we all know that Petrie's kind of on the market, not kind of on the market. Oh, he's totally on the market. He is. Uh, Jake Allen seems to be on the market now. Kevin Weeks. Yeah. Friend that, of the show, Kevin. That, uh, Ottawa, Buffalo, and uh, somebody else. Uh, forget the third team. Ottawa, Buffalo, New Jersey. New Jersey. New Jersey. Uh, they all, uh, um, you know, they all showed interest. Now I think New Jersey's now out. Yeah. Because they just picked up. Uh, who did they just pick? They just got a goalie. Oh, I can't remember. I can't remember. Anyway, they just got a goalie. I can't. Remember. Oh, Vedek uh, from uh, Washington. So they just got Vitacek from Washington and they still do have Mackenzie Blackwood, although I think Mackenzie Blackwood is soon as well. Um, but Jake Ack, and, and Jake Allen's going to be, it's going to all depend on Carey Price. Yes. You know, so we'll, uh, we'll look into that uh, maybe a, a little bit farther down the road. Um, Cause if they trade uh, Allen and Carey Price can't play, the only sign goalie we have left is Caden uh, Bremer. <laughs> uh, so, uh, you know. Yeah. Now I want to take a moment out of the show. I want to thank uh, McLean's Pub for hosting us and to Jägermeister for the, the swag that we're going to be giving away today. So thank you, Jägermeister. Dave, one for you. For Beth. And. Natalie, did you get one? No. Oh, you're get you're gonna get a t-shirt now. Oh no, that's way too big. Just like me, very soft. Cushy. I prefer the term cushy. Cushy. Dave's Dave's broken. Oh, there you go. <laughs> oh, sorry. So again, thank you to McLean's Pub and to Jägermeister for the uh, the swag to give away. Yes. Um. So if you're not down here yet, we're still going to be around a little bit even after the show. If you want some swag, we have some have-done filtered stuff uh, for sale. 
Uh, and which Danielle uh, bought a shirt from us yes. there. She has a shirt there, and I'm sure she'll model it later. And I want to make it clear um, that all proceeds from our merchandise sales, hats, T-shirts, whatever, 100% of that money goes to vet, uh, Vets Canada. That's correct. Because the three of us are veterans, I guess. Yes, we are. So uh, technically, we are. technically, we're veterans. We're not out yet, but we're still veterans. Uh, you know, we all have shrapnel in us from somewhere. Not anymore. They took mine out. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah. So uh, that all goes to that. So that's a good cause. So if you want to come down and get a shirt, they're only $75. And if you don't want the shirt, kidding. that's fine. Kidding. It's $20. Yeah. <laughs> if you don't want the shirt, that's fine. Just go to vetscanada.ca and donate if you want. Not so, not blood. No money. They want money. They need the money. Now back to the show. I forgot what we were doing. Show. We were talking. Yeah, we were talking about Petrie and the interest in Allen. Uh, Anderson gathered a ton of interest. It seems like every team wants Anderson, even though a six foot four power winger. Well, that, see, that brings up another conversation. How safe is Anderson on the team if? Savlaski's there now. So if say Savlaski turns out next year and he's a has a great rookie season and he does whatever, I think that kind of puts Anderson on the uh does it though? Well, do you want two big power forwards? Yes. Or, yes, you do. So however, <laughs> however, if the like Hughes has always said he's not on the block, but if something knocks my socks off. Yeah. So if they can get something better to improve the team then then Anderson then Anderson's gone. And I don't understand why he's so popular because analytically apparently he's terrible. But analytics do not take into account the intimidation factor. They don't take into account a lot of things. Now with uh, this was a, a very interesting conversation that we had this week with uh with some people from Elite Prospects right. discussing the analytics side and how players are being tracked with GPS and the chips now. And I asked if this is going to be something that they can use to start kind of finding uh, some kind of numerical representation of the space that's created by players like this. The intimidation where players kind of hurt the seas, so to speak. And he creates openings for his team, his line mates. This is where analytics are going to start going to. Well, this is a future analytics. They're kind of putting the eye test yeah. together with the analytics. Have so. your eye test. Then go look at the analytics, see if yeah. they match your eye test. And if they do, great. If they don't, watch again. Yeah. yeah. But this is something where these intangibles are starting. It's possible now to start putting a number to that intangible. And that's where Anderson really shines. It's that finishing his checks, especially in the playoffs, when you got a six foot four, two hundred forty pound guy coming at you every shift. And finishing, finishing his check, his check every, every shift. shift, you're going to be intimidated. Yeah, exactly. And but now you got two of them, back to back. Yeah. Plus a six foot four se- uh, center to go with them. What's Toronto going to do against Montreal with all those big guys? Losing the first round again? No, they might not make it. <laughs> Actually, I will say this. It's going to be a shift in the Atlantic division. You're going to see yeah. teams like Buffalo, Detroit, Montreal all start being the top teams in the division with got teams like Tampa, uh, Florida, and Toronto. They're going to start to, to weed away. I think Toronto got at max a two-year window. I think the window's close. Could be. If they don't get a goalie. And, and it's not because they didn't have a good team. It's because they screwed up their cap. And I'm here. Kyle Dubas is a cap genius. Just ask any Leafs fan. Did you see how he got rid of that bad contract he signed? He had to give away a first to make it happen. Remember but, Patrick Marlowe? Had to give away a first to make it happen. But the good news in that, the Leafs finally made the second round. That's right. They got out of the first round. And into the second round by trading the first round pick and picking up a second but round. But they got pick. into the second round for the first time in 18 years. I believe the last time they won, everybody who was being picked in this draft was just born. Yes. Play the classics. Play the classics. <laughs> got to know your audience. <laughs> There's no Leaf fans here. <laughs> and if they are, probably out cheering that they gave up a first round pick to drop a contract. 
that was signed in the first place. Yeah. Um, back, to the, back to the game. Uh, and Anderson. And Anderson and anyone else. Uh, yeah, I, I just think you're going to see a lot of movement. I think Petrie – I do believe Allen and Petrie will be traded. Uh, yeah. yeah. I do believe there may be another winger or two traded. Maybe someone like a Paul Byron or a uh, – I'm getting the death stare from uh, Beth now. I don't see Byron being traded only because I only said that because Beth's here. Oh, he's got he's always injured. That's right. He's got the injury, but he's also an assistant captain on the team. He's in the last year of his contract, so it, it's highly plausible. No, they cannot. No, they they're, not, they're not. They're not going to. Uh, Drew will be gone by the deadline. He has an expiring contract. He'll be gone by the deadline. Hopefully, he'll play well and they'll get something. They'll get something for of him. quality in return. Yeah. But uh, with with the summer. Anderson, I can't see being traded no. unless they offer like maybe a, a top pair right defenseman. An un a unprotected bottom twenty twenty three top ten pick. Yeah. Something along those lines. If they can get a young player like you know how they got uh, Baron or yeah. Lekinen, if they can get a young guy who's trending towards becoming a top pair defenseman, then sure. Yeah. You trade Anderson to the team that that needs him to finish it off to get into that cup window. But I can't see a team wanting to do that. So Anderson's staying until they can get I totally agree. full value. Allen, on the other hand, Petrie, on the other hand. Now, they're not. Hughes is not going to make a trade. Just to make a trade. Just to make a trade. No. He said that many times. So maybe Petrie won't go, but I do believe Petrie's going to make a trade. Yes. There's too much chatter on the floor. Something's going to happen. And uh, my, my money is on Dallas – or Pittsburgh, because those are the two teams he spent the most time talking yeah. to. Yeah. Well, Dallas could go after Allen, and yeah, Pittsburgh after. Or Pittsburgh after. Petrie. Well, they get Tristan Jerry. Yeah, they do, but they need teams need yeah. stuff. Yeah. Canadians have stuff, but the Habs want stuff. So it's all about stuff. When you get the stuff you want for yeah. the stuff you got, then you make you swap stuff. It's all about stuff. Stuff. <laughs> Stuff it. Get it stuffed. And Dave is stuffing his face right now. That's right. And with the wonderful food here at and Blaine's Pub. And it looks like Beth brought a present for Blaine. Yeah. Oh, he didn't. That's what he just said for Blaine. It's my present. Blaine's present. Okay, so Dave, for anyone who didn't hear that, he was asking Dave from Happy. Is asking, is there an untouchable veteran? Do you feel that there is an untouchable veteran? An untouchable veteran on the Canadians? I do not. I believe if Kent Hughes gets the right, the right offer for anyone, if I was going to say anyone, I'd say Gallagher. If I was going to say anyone, I'd say him. But I do believe if he got, like, say if Gallagher has a bounce back season this season, which they fully expect, I think he will. Yeah. He's going to be healthy. We got some insight last night with some people we were talking to about about Gallagher. Yeah. Uh, I think he will have a bounce back season. Whether it's thirty goals again, I don't know, but at least twenty. You know, he's going to get his twenty. 20. But he's definitely going to be more yeah, of the Gallagher yeah. that we we all know and love. Yeah. So and the rest of the league, you never know. Maybe the, someone from the league comes by and says, you know what? Uh, you know, we like Gallagher. We have the room for his contract. You know, he's going to be a good fit for us. We're trying for the cup. You're not. We'll take that and we'll offer you this. And uh, I, I can't see uh, Hughes saying, depending on the offer. But to me, I would say if there is one, it's Gallagher. But knowing the way Hughes operates... Uh, if the right offer comes yeah. along, he's not afraid to move anybody. I think the only untouchables are the young guys. Oh, yeah. And now Veronica from Javier. Oh, my here. God. It's, it's getting well, crowded in here. Everyone watch where you're going. <laughs> Careful, there's not enough chairs. Yeah. Yeah, we're running, running out of room here. <laughs> there's, so, there's only 50 empty tables. <clears throat> so... There's only 51 tables. <laughs> Hello. Hi, Veronica from Happy Hours. So the whole Happy Hour team is here. It's almost like a crossover without being a crossover. Oh. <laughs> I mean, if you guys grab some chairs. Uh, but uh, so staying with the trades and the veterans, kind of going towards the free agency side, the Canadians still need to fill their roster out. And they're not just going to throw a bunch of kids in. 
So they need to have a couple of veterans, which is why they're not going to trade them all. But I'm expecting a couple of signings. I'm, I'm expecting a couple of small signings. Yes. But in order to do that, someone has to go. Yeah. So once Malkin signs with the Canadians. <laughs> no, Phil oh, and, and Phil Kessler. And then Crosby and then Crosby demands the trade to be with his buddy Malkin and play on his childhood team. Or puts in, in a seventh round pick. And we will we will see the pictures of him in his pajamas, uh Canadian's pajamas. Which he has. By the way, Sidney Crosby's father, Troy, was drafted by the Montreal Canadians in nineteen seventy nine. Oh, and I'd like to extend. I'd like to extend a congratulations to Sidney Crosby on his uh, recent wedding. Yes, yes, yes. Good for you, Sid. Um, but back to the, uh, the signings, the UFAs. Uh, Chris White, who was just bought out by Ottawa, has been connected to Montreal. But do they need him then? They don't need him. <laughs> but if they do trade Dvorak. If. Oh, yeah. another course. Yeah, that's another guy who's, who's we never mentioned. Who's been trade talks? Yeah. Who's been in talks? We if they trade him, I think that's a mistake. I like the But for the amount of money they're paying him, yeah. I can see why they would want to yeah, make a deal. Too. But if they let's say they do, that's when White would have value, and it would be you know like one or two million dollars. So a decent sign. I mean, technically, if you traded Dvorak, you have Paling and uh, Evans for their bottom two centers. I don't think Paling is really in their plans going forward. Not as a center, maybe no. as a winger. But, yeah, uh, I, I think they're going to shift him to the wing, but or they're going to trade. He, he could be another guy that gets traded to Minnesota, yeah. right, Bill? <laughs> um, but another another guy that I'm thinking they may have interest in is Mike Stone. Oh, from Cal- right-hander from Calgary. The right-hander from Calgary. That wouldn't be bad because they have three right-handers right now, but that's it. Yeah. And none of them are – well, if Petrie goes, they have two. Well, they got Well, they still have three. They got Barron. But you don't want Barron, Harris, and Gooley or whoever's going to be – you don't want three rookie no. defensemen in their lineup. One or two. That, and even if you if you had three, Stone is a guy at his age, he'll sign for a, a reasonable contract. You can have him in and out of the lineup. Right. And then you can rotate the rookies. Or rotate widely. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I agree. Because, uh, yeah, to, to have all three. Now, I, I guess you could. It all depends on if you're really confident in how Barron played before he got injured or confident. And that's kind of what Martin St. Louis did with Harris there near the end of the year. Harris and uh, what's the other young guy? Maybe it was Barron. Anyway, he was rotating them out with veterans, so they weren't yes. uh, yeah. until a couple injuries happened and they both had to play. But um, like Wyden, it was Wyden. They were, they were trading him out with Wyden. But uh, another right-handed defenseman, a, a veteran guy is not going to hurt on a one- or two-year deal until uh, the, till the young guys get ready. Uh, and then we'll allow a guy like Jack Eye to come up and maybe get a little part of a rotation right. in and see how he, well he's going to do. Um, but Don't forget you got Schooneman in the, in Schooneman. the spot there. Oh, yes, Schooneman, yeah. You got him, you got Schooneman. I mean, your left – and this is why Roman Alpha can spend it. Your left side got everybody. Like, you have tons of left-hand right. defense. Um, with higher offenses and better transitioning skills than what Roman had. So. So, and I, I was talking to Baron before we came out. Mm-hmm. I ran into him at the rink. He's he's recovering well. He's on the, uh, he's on the ice skating. He's looking very good on his feet. And he he's of the uh, the mindset, the expectation that he has every opportunity to be on this roster full-time as soon as it starts. Good for him. So but that's, that's what I mean. If but they feel comfortable with Barron as a, maybe you don't consider him as one of the rookies because they're comfortable. I mean, he's going to be a, you know, a bottom pairing defenseman to start anyway. That's right. So, uh, yeah, we'll just, we'll have to wait and see. It's going to be, and that's another thing to think of. Where's, uh, where's Montreal going to be? Say Price comes back. And he can play his uh, 50 games, right? The expectation is that he's healthy, he'll play 50 he in the play month. 50. So you can almost bet price, even with a crappy defense in front of him, in an okay team, that's a 20, 25 wins. Yeah, well, it'd be 25 wins more than what they have. 
<laughs> but but you know what I mean. Yeah. And so and if, if they don't trade Allen, you have Allen, and he plays the other thirty five. That could be fifteen wins. Yeah. yeah. Right now you're looking at forty wins. Uh, uh, Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. That's where I'm going here. But that that kind of points to why they feel it's not going to be a long Correct. process. But this is what hurts them going next year yeah. is. They get 40 wins. They're getting 80 points. 80, they're not making the playoffs, but they're also not low enough to... to You're looking at a, a 13 to 15, 15 pick. pick. Right, right. So, I mean, I'm not saying tank. I'll never say tank, but you've got to look at where you're at and what you're going to do. And that brings us to St. Louis' comments from the end of the season, where he said, I'm not going to sacrifice development for wins now. And that's what it looks like they're going to be doing going into the year. So right. their decisions aren't going to be made on how do we beat Florida tonight? It'll be how do we get Gooley or Barron or Slavkovsky the experience they need to be able to compete and beat Florida next year. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I know there's a lot of people, they're like, they or when tank for Bedard and all this, and I don't blame them really. Like Bedard's a, if we can get Bedard, we just won two drafts in a row. Or Mitch Cobb or, or, or Finn Tilly or, or whoever. This yeah. is it's going to be an incredible draft. I don't mean we say that every year, but it is going to be an incredible. No, draft. no, we said this year this draft sucked. That's that was the. It started off. Oh wow, twenty twenty two is going to be amazing, and then it came. Oh no, it's terrible. Yeah, well that's what I'm saying. Like yeah. now we're saying twenty twenty three is going to be amazing. Then it's going to come, and everyone's going to be ah. Oh. I can't believe Bedard sucks. What Bedard? Oh. He's, uh, he's underwhelmed. He only scored eighty goals this year. Yeah, he should have scored one hundred and ten. Um, so it, it'll be interesting. I mean, I'm not hopeful of us getting Bedard or making the playoffs. I don't think we're going to do either. However. Well, a top 10 pick would be nice. And when you get a top 10 pick, you are solidifying your future. And I think after next year's draft, I think you're looking at them to start to do the trajectory towards playoffs and then towards cup. Yeah, so a top 10 pick. Florida tanks next year. You get two top, top 10, 10 picks. picks. One of them wins the lotto. The Florida pick wins the lotto. Then you get Bedard and Fantilli. There you go. They trade up and they get Bedard and uh, and Mitch Cobb and yeah. This is totally going to happen. Yeah, it's totally going to happen, and then we're going to win the cup in twenty twenty five. Yeah. So we're going to end it off here. We've been at this for over an hour. Hey, people want to eat. People want to eat. Oh, they're they're getting annoyed with us. Yeah. What are these guys even talking about? Dave, the, Dave is blowing things out of yeah. us to shut up. <laughs> Millie, I thought you said this was a nice place to have lunch. <laughs> but before we cut out, does anyone have a question or anything they want to ask us? Or want to come on here and talk about? What about Jake Evans? What about Jake Evans? Jake Evans will be either their... Fell down. Jake Evans will be their fourth line center. And I think he's going to be a good fourth line. That one, someone that can that can pop into the third line, maybe even the second line if they need be. He can play the wing. He can play center. But I think he's going to be their fourth line center. Uh, and I think you're going to see either Paling move to the wing or we're gone, gone in a package. I would say. Um, not one more. Oh, oh, oh. This year? No, no. I oh, so he for anyone who didn't hear, Dave asked. If RHT, Harvey Kennard, will make the team this year. Lavaliger. Lavaliger, I think, is going to be in Laval, but I believe he'll be a call-up midway through the season when they trade uh, Drouin for a first pick and a top prospect. Because Drouin, <laughs> Drouin's going to have his greatest season ever under Marty yes. Stanley. Hey, 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 it took three years it's all going to be whoever sits. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> because he's only half of Gila Flair. That's right. Half of Gila is fine by me. Half of Gila is fine by me. Get a hold of Andrew to get a get a shirt. Half of Gila is fine by me. Andrew, you hear this? You hear that, Andrew? Give me a t shirt. Give me a t shirt idea. Actually, that's from Dave OJ, not Augur. OJ. <laughs> so I want to thank everybody for tuning in i want to thank all five of you for showing up three americans yes yes 
three people traveled from the U.S., one from B.C., and uh, everybody else kind of snubbed. Yeah. Enjoy your fish. <laughs> Try the tacos. <laughs> so uh, thank you guys for listening. And remember, if you're talking about it, so are we. Do you or someone you love obsess over the Habs and they aren't even a fan of the team? Is your social media filled with old jokes and pathetic attempts at trolling? Then you have HOD, Habs Obsessive Disorder. From the makers of Bergy Arms comes 3 to 1. 3 to 1 is specially formulated to cause a temporary choking sensation, which will remind you that your team hasn't won a playoff series since the invention of HD television. Side effects may include a desire to shave your head and grow a goatee, a lack of fashion sense, an uncontrollable urge to say, but Tavares was hurt, pretending every head coach this century doesn't call your team soft, an uncontrollable urge to choke in the playoffs, and a realization that your ability to have an inferiority complex while simultaneously being obnoxious while never winning is why you're found undesirable. Ask your doctor if 3-1 to one is right for you. Did, Will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Crier Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Cryer Media Network. I'm Matt Kundle, host of the Sound Off Podcast, the show about podcast and broadcast. Since 2016, we've been speaking with amazing people who have populated your ears for decades. Legendary broadcasters, research wizards, talent experts, podcasters, voice talent, almost 400 stories, all for free. Subscribe or follow the Sound Off Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at soundoffpodcast.com.